You've been open, you've been transparent, and I appreciate that. So without further ado, Kristen, I'm going to go ahead and yield you the floor. Um, and I just appreciate you so much for agreeing to hop on and talk with us today. Yeah, unmute yourself for us. There you go. Did that work? It <laughs> you would did. think with like the job that they pay me money to do, I'd know how to do these things better, but I don't. Um, it, thank you guys so much for, you know, for welcoming me, for having me. Chelsea, thank you so much for reaching out and even asking me. This is, this to me feels like a great privilege because I'm like supremely aware that I know very little uh, and you all are leading the way and playing these pivotal roles in young men, young women's lives. Um, I remember every stop of the way, the coaches that shaped not just the game that I played because now I've lived, I may have lived more of life not playing sports than I did playing, I, you know, and there are still so many things that, that I know, still so many people that shaped my life because they were investing in me beyond the basketball floor or volleyball floor or, you know, track field. Um, and it's cool, Jody. I, I've never met you, but you coach at North Florida Christian and that's where I played uh, basketball and volleyball and ran track back in the day, a long time ago. Um, Chelsea, I know you're the uh, coach at Godby now. One of my very early memories of playing on the varsity team at NFC was getting beat by Godby uh, like 104 to like 38 or something like that. It was, it was truly terrible. Um, but really a defining moment, I think, not only for me, but for uh, the NFC girls program as well. By the Kristen, time here. Kristen, we yes. still get beat by God BPS. Okay. Well, okay. Well, we turned things around by the time. I don't right, know. Right. I don't know how many of you know, uh, you know, in the story of NFC girls basketball from back in the day, but we became ultimately the team to beat in Tallahassee. Uh, but that was a defining moment um <laughs> for all of us so but again chelsea thank you for having me um when she reached out she told me that first of all she was hosting this bible study for coaches of all kinds um you know across not just tallahassee where i'm from and where she coaches but from anywhere you know coaches are all welcome any sport uh, any gender and i thought that was a really cool thing um even to create a platform like this, uh, but especially for the voices that you all have uh, in young men and young women's lives. She asked me to talk a little bit about um, servant leadership and, and, and how I serve, <clears throat> excuse me, in my role. Um, and for those who don't know or, or don't maybe follow what I do, um, I'm a sideline reporter for the NBA on TNT and I'm a host on NBA TV. And I've been doing, this is now my seventh season. It was obviously a season that was cut uh, unexpectedly short. I was actually in the car on the way to the airport, on the way to Milwaukee for a Bucks game um, when I saw the notification that everybody else saw all at once that, you know, Rudy Gobert has tested positive for coronavirus. This one particular game has been paused. Now the entirety of the season has been suspended. So I, like I'm sure all of you, um, have seen some really uncertain days, you know, in the, in the five, now six weeks that have followed. Um, and, and yet what I've consistently come back to is what, what is true of my role and what I've been called to do. The same thing applies to all of you. I know that 
that many of you are much more experienced than I am, not only um, in the sports industry, but maybe you're further along in life in a different season of life than I am. Um, but I wanted to share a little bit about um, some of what I've been studying and then just kind of open the floor for if you guys have any questions for me again. I. <laughs> I'm so aware that you all know significantly more than I do. So I don't think that by any means you can ask me questions and I'm going to have the answers for you. I don't have answers. And, and my job right now is, is kind of just to create content that maybe makes people smile or laugh a little bit uh, outside of the uncertainty of these days. Um, but I, I just want to share a little bit of, of what I've been learning. Um, and it's, we're going to start in the Old Testament, folks. Um, but in the book of Esther, you guys may know the story of Esther. It's been retold a number of times. Um, the book is unique in that the name of God is never actually mentioned. Some of you all may be aware of what that looks like in your lives. I most certainly am. In that you can walk a life that is entirely inspired by the word of God and his call for your life without having to or even being able to innately say it to the audience of people that are following you or listening to you. Um, but in the book of Esther, uh, for those who aren't familiar, we read about a young uh, Jewish woman who was living under the reign of King Xerxes. Uh, she had a cousin named Mordecai who had raised her um, since she was not only a Jew, but also an orphan, which for those of you who are familiar with, you know, the, the timestamp of what that would have meant over her life, um, essentially not chosen, not highly valued. Oh, oh and she was a woman on top of all of that as well. Um, and King Xerxes at this time was looking for a new queen. He had banished the one that he had had because she didn't do exactly what he wanted. Uh, and Esther was brought to the palace, but she was told by Mordecai, her cousin, not to reveal her background um, for obvious reasons. Uh, she went through 12 months of beauty treatments. That's, again, a solid year of the things that I hate. You know, getting your hair done, getting your eyebrows done, getting your makeup done, getting skin treatment, all the kinds of things, whatever it was that they did back then, a solid year's worth of that just to look presentable enough to even step into the king's courts. And in verse 15, uh, it says, when it was Esther's turn to go to the king, she asked for nothing. She, just as she was, won the admiration of everyone who saw her. Quite obviously, we know the story. The king was smitten. Obviously, uh, Esther ended up becoming the, the queen. And a few verses later, we read that Mordecai is sitting at the king's gate. As promised, Esther had kept everything about her family background and even her race a secret. Um, while he was at the gate, though, Mordecai overheard these two men that were conspiring to kill King Xerxes. He then told Esther. Esther told the king. She gave credit to Mordecai. Those men were hanged. Seemingly, that story kind of wrapped up and we all moved on. And some time later, a man named Haman was promoted by King Xerxes to the highest ranking official in the government. All of the kingdom honored him by bowing down to him, except for Mordecai, who flat out wouldn't do it. And Haman decided to eliminate not just Mordecai, but all of the Jewish people, all because Mordecai wouldn't bow to this elected government official. King Xerxes agreed to it because he trusted Haman. Mordecai then learned of this decree. Uh, he was in mourning. He, he lashed out. He was he's ripping his clothes. He, he put on sackcloth and ashes. He's fasting. Um, and then Esther's man told her what was going on, told her what was going on with Mordecai, and she was quite obviously stunned. She sent word through one of those servants that helped prepare her every day to be ready if and when the king called her number. I'm sure a lot of us know, you know, what that looks like, continually preparing for an opportunity that may or may not ever come. Um, and she found out about what was going on, and at the time, she hadn't been invited to see the king in a month. Now, 
relationships then didn't work the way relationships do now. This wasn't like a, well, maybe anytime she wants to go in there and see her husband, she can. It was not like, if you approach the king without being called, he could very easily then and there, and it would have been culturally appropriate for him to have her killed. Verses then 12 to 14 say, when Mordecai was told what Esther had said, Mordecai sent her this message. Don't think that just because you live in the king's house, you're going to be the one Jew who will get out of this alive. If you persist in staying silent in a time like this, help and deliverance will arrive for the Jews from someplace else. But you and your family are going to be wiped out. And who knows, maybe you were made queen for just such a time as this. Esther then had all of her people, all of the Jews, fast for three days before she approached the king. She, she very famously said, if I perish, I perish. But like, have we actually considered the weight of those words? Like, she knew that she was walking into a door that might lead to death, and yet recognized that she was called for this very time. It's not that she was made queen and then this time happened and it caught God off guard somehow. It's that she was elected to this position for this specific time. So she had, again, the Jews were fasting for, for three days. Uh, she knew what she was walking into. And the story goes on to tell us that the king then extended his gold scepter. When she approached him, she asked for dinner with him. Uh, then another dinner with both he and Haman. And when she asked for the life of her and her people, the king had Haman hanged on the gallows that he had built for Mordecai. Again, a story that we're told I think pretty often if we are raised in any Christian capacity, whether it's church or Christian schooling or Christian camps or, or, or anything like that. Um, but there's a lot to gain, I think, in these days from the story of Esther. Those were unprecedented days. How many times in the last five, now this is what the sixth week, have we heard these are unprecedented days. Like we've heard simply to, to stay inside, to hang on, to stay safe, these are unprecedented days, but so were those. So what can we gain from the story of Esther? One, God doesn't need us, but he's invited us to be part of his story anyway. Mordecai said, you know, if you persist in staying silent at a time like this, help is going to come from someplace else. God's will and his way is going to be accomplished whether or not we're willing participants. And you all have been called to a specific time, a specific position for such a time as this. It's not that God was caught off guard that you were made coach in, in some influential position. And, and now all of a sudden it's, oh, well, these are unprecedented days. Stay inside and stay safe and we'll see what happens. It's that you were called for this specific time. You know, we also learn that Esther was made queen as an orphan and a Jew. What we see throughout the entirety of the Bible and ultimately in the lineage of Jesus is that those who weren't chosen by culture, those who weren't chosen by society are over and over chosen by God to play pivotal roles in the story that he will ultimately tell. The king had no idea whose head he was placing a crown on. Really no idea, you know? And then ultimately because she was faithful in that season of life, we don't learn this explicitly from the text, but we know that God then trusted her to step confidently into the next. Um, another thing that we learn is that Esther's beauty opened doors that her integrity kept her inside of and that fame may have been a byproduct of the position that she was in, but faithfulness was always the priority. So my question, before I obviously open things up 
for questions from you guys is, you know, what would our lives like, what look like, what would our positions look like if we embrace this season wholeheartedly rather than saying, hang in, hunker down, stay inside. These are unprecedented days, but leaned into every way that we could serve those we've been called to serve who are facing some of the darkest and most difficult days of their life as they fight not only for jobs and for, for future days, but for their health, for their lives, for the health and lives of those that they love. What would our lives look like if we embrace the role that we've been placed in? You know, and so I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, it's obviously what I've gained from, from her story, a very famous story that's been told over and over uh, countless times throughout the course of history. Uh, you know, but even that her life was marked as a book in the Bible, one of two women who have books in the Bible named after them, I think we're being told something about the way to step confidently into the positions God has called us to. And again, that he's not surprised by unprecedented days. He's not shaken up by, by what is happening right now. And he's certainly not confused by placing each of you into the positions that you've been placed into. Um, so anyway, that, that's, that's kind of, you know, what I've been looking at, what I've been, been studying in these days. Um, and what I hope, you know, these days are marked by, rather than kind of we just hung on and waited for what was next or, or waited for life to return to some semblance of normalcy that we leaned in, that we looked for ways to serve, that we looked for ways to continually impact those within our circle of influence um, that, again, God did not mistakenly put us all in. Anyways, I, I'd love to talk to you guys also that it's not just uh, me talking at you, um, but, you know, if you guys want to ask questions or respond or ask me anything about anything, I'm here. <laughs> Kristen! Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Coach Karen. Boom! Like, busted through the room like, hey, y'all, I'm here. I mean, this is insane. This is insane. And it's, it's insane because... Wow, what an absolute testimony. What an absolute testimony. And to completely bring it full circle is just even, even more impressive. Um, and I say that to say, I don't know for any female that's on this, this call, maybe you were made queen for such a time as this. My yeah. God. Right? I, I mean, mean, because there, there's so much doubt and, there, and there's so much yeah. what if, and there's so much why. And then I don't, I don't know about anybody else on this call, all these tiny little meticulous things that are making my days and making my week and aha moments are occurring that I never in a million years would have had time to even focus on. Yeah. Is insane. Right. So I've got so many tidbits because I know Chelsea wrote the same things that I wrote, but <laughs> you know, first and foremost, thank you for the platform that you have. Thank you for what you do. You do it with grace. And yeah, I'm sort of kind of the vain one in the group. Thank you for having swag when you do it. I appreciate Thank that. you for saying that again. <laughs> Another lesson from Esther, you know? <laughs> no, but I mean, it just, it, it, it brought it all. It Goodness. brought it all full circle. God, you know, doesn't need us. Yeah. Uh, he has invited us to be a part of the story anyway. Like, come on yeah. in the room. So right. I appreciate you. Oh, this goodness. Absolutely you. amazing. Thank you for doing what you do. And thank you for being on the call. Oh, goodness. Thank you, man. Brought tears to my eyes. Thank you. Goodness. Thank you. Hey, Christian, uh, <clears throat> this is uh, Willie Simmons. I'm the head coach of FAMU. I grew hey, up yeah, I know. I, have we met before? 
I, I, I don't know. Probably. Okay, I had a lot of girlfriends, and like, I don't know if you know Mickey Clayton from yeah. back in the day being there. His daughters were like my best friends always growing up, and you looked familiar to me, but I couldn't. T- anyway, continue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it kind of brought it home when you said that, uh, you know, you grew up with Gobby beating uh, NFC in basketball. Well, I grew up with NFC beating us in football, so. <laughs> yes, that's true. I, I was there during that whole stretch. Yeah. Also, like when Co- Co- Coach Coakley won like four championships all, in five all, years or all, something. All, that was my stretch of life, yeah. <laughs> so you have to count them. Just, every, every year you want them. But, uh, but no, like, like Jessica said, like we're just so blown away. I mean, we, we've been extremely blessed during this time. And like I said, everything you said just kind of brought it home. I mean, I'm, even just even going Old Testament, you know, like a lot of us kind of shy away from the Old Testament because we say, well, Jesus is here, so we're going to follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah, totally, of course. Just to take us back to an era that, you know, again, like you said, a lot of the times that we're facing now happen – during those times totally be able to bring it all home and and, and just like you said the platform that we're given why the time that we're called is this and just what influence we have on the guy my mind is racing right now like what can I do now with my players with with people that I have influence over because I've been called during this time so just thank you so much for for just bringing that message that strong you can tell she went NFC (laughs) yeah I know yeah, well, yeah, the the strong biblical backing that had to be later like entirely broken by like forming an actual relationship with Jesus, the good and the bad, you know, of growing up in, in Christian churching and education, um, you know, all of it. But now I, I so appreciate you saying that because I think um, especially early, like when the NBA season was suspended, my first thought is like, well, what's going to happen to me? What does my job look like moving forward? Well, what's life going to look like for me on the other side of these days? Well, you know, that's, again, my immediate thought. But then when you come back to it, it's like, this is not the first stretch of the history of humanity where unprecedented days occurred, you know, and long stretches of days that we're all surprised by that like God isn't. And when I started thinking of it that way and said, it's like, no, there's no surprise or or accident that you're in this position for this time and it's like well why not any other time you know but it's like no you were called to position for such a time as this that like instead of avoiding these days and trying to get past them and looking for it's like wait that's a whole like revelatory way to think that it's like no it's it's for these days like the faith that you have practiced the faith that you have built up is for these days specifically don't let the faith that you've built up for years crumble in the days that they were made for you know and I so trust me it's blown my mind as well but thank you for what you do also it's it's such a cool thing to know as I was listening to you guys all like introduce yourselves um it's a really cool thing for me to know um that like God is placing his people in in every corner of the sports industry you know I mean you know it, the, the the globe at a as a whole but you know all of us work in this very similar um capacity and it's such a cool thing as I'm listening to you all introduce yourselves it's like I wouldn't have known that like the D-line coach a few miles away from where I played basketball in high school like loves Jesus and is and is teaching his young men that are like looking to him as a leader like I would never have known that like that was happening. And, and so even to just listen to you guys, all introduce yourselves and me think like, goodness, look at all the ways that God is using you all so specifically, like every part of my life was modeled by the coaches that I had in every pivotal season of life. You know, like, I don't forget that it was my high school basketball coach and it was my college volleyball coach. Like 
who I still talk to to this day, by the way. Um, and, and it just, it's, it's mind blowing to me to look at all of you here and see the ways in which God is using you in just every single area of influence in the sports industry. It's just really a gift to me. Oh, I just noticed there's like a chat here also. Oh, people can type. Okay, cool. Jody, love the Old Testament. Again, amen. Yes. Hey, um, yes, totally. Uh, Jessica, this is getting deep in spirit. I love it. Yeah, totally. Sorry, I just noticed the chat. Um, those might have been written a little while ago. But <laughs> again, you would think I wouldn't be better at this by now, but nope. <laughs> so, uh, you are muted. Coach Daniels, you trying to unmute yourself? I thought Coach Daniels um, tried to unmute himself to speak, um, but I'll go um, because literally leave it to Coach Kern to always try to steal my thunder. <laughs> but thankfully you had so many nuggets. I was sitting here blown away. I'm telling you, I was like, Lord, this pastor, Kristen Litlow. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. But <laughs> you said God doesn't need us, but he invited us into the story and that's what she pointed out but then you followed and you said god's will is gonna be done yeah no matter if you're a willing participant or not yeah you said that i was blown because that has been the story of my life me too <laughs> every single time that god tells me something it's almost like i'm the should have had a v8 commercial <laughs> i know you heard me but since you won't follow me now you have no choice but to hear me and look up you know what i'm yeah, saying totally. and i shared with a few people you know on the calls in the past weeks but i actually fell at a basketball game in college and ended up having a brain aneurysm most Goodness. people find that they had a brain aneurysm is pretty much either after they're dead or they're waking up from a surgical procedure yeah, yeah. and i'm here still to tell the testimony and i thank god for that because it was my plan to be a dentist <laughs> you pointed out you said that god is going to place us in our roles and our positions but the biggest thing you said that i love so much is faithfulness is the priority yeah. so I don't care how you go i don't care how far and wide you stretch out to no matter the position your faithfulness to what he's asking you to be and what he's asking you to perform out for his will is gonna be done so yeah. i learned in my life that you might as well go ahead and conform and do the will of what he's asking you to do. And I just love the way you tied Ruth to present day. And just yeah. that our faith doesn't mean anything if it's stored. Yeah. It's stored in a way, yeah. place. And I'm a science teacher, so we all know potential energy is fine, but it never means anything <laughs> if it doesn't become connected. Yeah, totally. So much to everything that you said, because I was sitting here like I couldn't write fast enough. I was <laughs> So thank you so much for that, because that was amazing. Oh, goodness. Thank you. No. Coach Knotts, uh, amazing word. And as you were speaking, I no kept um, hearing about Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. says, I know the plans yeah. that I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans to prosper you and not to harm you, the plans to give you hope and the future. Um, even in the midst of what the world is going through right now, yeah. um, people are looking at us as Christians. We're the light. Um, mm -hmm. we got to carry the hope because just before I got on this scope, I was on another scope with my staff and it was like, you're just so happy every single day. What is that? <laughs> how? Like, right. Like, how now? Like, right. How are you doing this? Because we don't have X, Y, and Z. And I just said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And they just like, you got to go deeper than that. But I was like, if I wasn't in a position to sow a seed into the individual who asked that question, 
who knows where the individual go now? So maybe that person yeah. now gets off that Zoom and go research the word of God. I was like, we could talk more. I mean, it's, it's been an amazing, amazing journey, but God knows the plan he has for us. And I, I appreciate the word. Like I said, what one of the brothers said earlier, that you going back to the Old Testament. I was like, amazing. <laughs> I, I never thought about that way, but amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Well, I, I love also Jeremiah 29, you just quoted verse 11. And then I think it's a couple verses later in verse 13 that says like, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with everything that you have. And like in these days, that is exactly like, that is the only way that we will grow in our capacity to continue to lead, to continue to serve is to seek him with everything that we have. It's like, he has this plan already and it's going to be for good but seek him with all that we have and, and like watch him do it. You know, it just, I love that you brought that up. And I, I love that so many of you like the, the old Testament stories, like again, by, by no stretch of the imagination, am I skipping over the most important part, which is the gospel. But I was assuming that all of you uh, already know Jesus uh, or else you probably wouldn't be joining this call and spending your Wednesday afternoon um, in a Bible study with other coaches. Um, so I just wanted to look, you know, a little bit further back, uh, you know, a little bit before, um, you know, he came along because I think there's a lot that we can gain from just the champions of, of faith uh, from the start of humanity, you know. Kristen, it's Kendra yeah, hey. here. Hey, I just want to say thank you so much because you did go to a story that we've kind of been told and know over yeah. and over, but it's been in such a different light. And it's been something that for me personally, I, I coach at Central Arizona College and huh. we're not a Christian-based school. We don't speak about God at all. And so when you say that right away, it's one of those things that absolutely has me interested and in, you you did that anyway but it was something that i can absolutely relate to and say okay this is what it is and because after being on this call for so long now i feel like it's been months and months but after being on this call with all of these great people um you i do start to question and say like well what am i doing or what can i do differently in a way, because I can't do that constant walk where I speak it every single day. Yeah. Um, but I think you saying like in the entire book, God is not mentioned once. Yeah. That is one thing that is so like just enlightening. And so like you said, um, we've been placed just for this. And now it's like, okay, open your eyes now. Now what? Because I think we did allow time to just kind of go by and we did it all in our yeah. ways of our things that we we're like, okay, what do we focus on now? And what do we do that? But I think you made it where it's not a selfish thing anymore. And now it's really more of a servant thing right now. And that's mm. what I think we're all going to probably go out and do is to say, what can we do for them so that we're their rock so that we're something they can lean on and trust and, and have that stability in this time that they probably don't have stability in. So I oh, appreciate that. So I much. so appreciate you saying that, that I think is, one thing that just struck me about that story, um, as I got older and studied it, you know, as an adult, rather than kind of just being told the story, is that like, the name of God is never mentioned here. And yet, like, he is in the fabric of the entire story. You know, it, like, he's all over it. Like, if any of you guys watch, you know, TNT, you're not going to see me talking about Jesus on, on TNT, or like, you're not going to, like, I'm not opening my Bible and like, all right, let's all turn to the book of Esther, you know, <laughs> and it's just not something that it's not what I was hired to do. Um, and yet there's still so much purpose in every day walking 
in excellence and, and making faith priority. One thing that I'm sure all of you guys know, or at least know of, um, Ernie Johnson, who's kind of our leader at, uh, at TNT, he is an incredible man of faith um, who's consistently poured into my life, not just my career. But um, one thing that he said to me years ago is that it was a game changer for him when he stopped thinking about, because he was convicted over and over, like, is this position I'm in, like, does it have any eternal value? And I've thought that so many times, like, really, what, you know, like, what's the value here? And, and he said, you know, he was convicted about like, there are millions of people watching me and listening to the things that I say, and I'm not giving them something of eternal value. And he's like, you know, it was a game changer when I stopped thinking about the millions of people listening to the words that I say and started thinking instead about just the three men sitting next to me. Like these men are those who are defining culture. Like every part of our culture looks to what they say, what they do, the way that they act. And I've been placed in this seat right next to them. And that was a game changer for me too, to think like, okay, no, the eternal value here is the people, is the lives that, that rush up against mine every single day. You know, the, 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 continual light that I can carry into these very dark spaces. And so for those of you who are teaching and coaching at schools, um, like you just mentioned, Kendra, that aren't Christian schools, that aren't celebratory or even accepting of, of your faith, a faith that can be deemed as uh, very out of date, uh, very um, whatever the opposite of progressive is, <laughs> uh, you know, um, it's not celebrated nor accepted in, in so many places, so many areas. And yet you were still called for that position. Like you were still called for that position at that school. It's not working up to something else where you're going to be surrounded by Christians all the time. It's like you were called specifically for this one place, specifically for these unprecedented days where the darkness and the devastation that people are facing, they're going to be looking for hope. Like they're looking for hope, you know, and you have it, you are carrying it, you know, and so carry it well, goodness, because it's, again, it's just not the first time that unprecedented days have defined a culture, you know, it's just not the first time and, and, and zero of those times was God surprised by any of it, nor is he surprised that any of you are in your positions of influence for this very time in these very days you know, and give yourself grace for these days. Also, I know a lot of what I'm saying sounds very much like, Hey, you know, get out there and, 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 and continually influence, continually lead, continually serve. Like there have been some days that I just like, haven't really even gotten out of bed because this is a lot also to manage. So like, give yourself some grace in these days as well. You were called to an influential position and, and you need to quite obviously fulfill that calling and continually pour out, but you need to be poured into as well. Um, I think this whole thing that you guys are doing with community is, is like hugely important um, and give yourself grace. Like I, I saw a tweet that I thought was really helpful. It wasn't a Christian tweet. It was just a tweet that felt helpful to me. And it said something to the effect of uh, there's a difference in working from home and being at home during a global pandemic and trying to work. That's, that's a very different thing. You know, these are very different days. So give yourself some grace in these days as well. These are not normal days. Um, days won't look like this for good. Uh, so give yourself some grace on the days that you don't feel like you're necessarily walking in the full capacity of your purpose, because some days it's, it's simply about resting and receiving as well, you know? Hey y'all, um, great words everyone say. My name is Emily May. For those y'all jumped on, um, assistant women's basketball coach down in Miami at Barry University. And first thing comes to mind, it's just encouraging to hear you guys say what you guys are all saying because I think sometimes we may get caught up in the mindset of I'm the only one feeling like this. I'm the only one 
you know, going through this and it's like extremely encouraging to um, hear people of all different backgrounds and, and ages, hey, it's the same battle. Um, so that so that's really cool. And um, to the point of Chris and what you mentioned about um, Ernie saying, these are the three guys next to me. It, it brings to mind a quote that I'll, I'll never forget. It was a, um, a men's basketball coach told me this and, and it was the men's men's team head coach. It was the, the college I went to. Um, and, and he said, you know, everyone out here and everyone wants to change the world. Everyone wants to change the world. They want to have something that, you know, I feel like I can change the world, but what you need to focus on is changing your world. Mm-hmm. And that like, I'll, I'll never, ever forget those words. I've never, I mean, it sounds so simple um, and like, wow, I've never thought of it like that, but it's so powerful. And it's probably one of the things that I go back to um, when I feel like those days of, Hey, my, maybe I'm not pouring into people as much as I should. Um, but change your world because that, that's the only world you can, I can't go out here and, and people I don't know. And am I really going to impact their life? No, but the people who, who I, I have touch points with every single day, yeah. um, those are the worlds, you know, and, and that was, wow, just, just really mind blowing. So it's encouraging to hear kind of that story of someone at the, you know, social prestige as, as Ernie Johnson um, yeah. kind of has that same mindset. And um, so that's just awesome to hear. Um, second thing that I'll, I'll bring up about um, the, the story of Esther, I think, and especially from a woman's perspective, that that, that brought to light the importance of taking initiative. Because um, I think all too often, women try to wait for an invitation instead of taking the initiative. Good. And, um, you know, I've learned that and I continue to learn that. And every time it, it hits me, I'm like, come on, Em, like, you know this, you know, you've you've seen this in your life so many times, you got to just go out and take initiative. And it could be as simple as, um, as just being yourself and, and, and allowing that to open up the doors to maybe deeper conversations. Like Kendra, you mentioned the school you work out. Um, I work at a Catholic university, but it's, it's very socially, you know, normalized, a little more liberal. Um, There's nothing wrong with it, but, um, but I was, you know, struck with, how do I make my time count with these girls? Like, do I have to bring up my relationship with God to like make that connection? But um, what I've found, and it's, it's, it's nice to, to know this, but if you just live your life and, and you live it in the way that you feel God called you to, you, you're going to be noticed differently. And it doesn't yeah. have to be like <clears throat> listening to praise music and they overhear you. Like the way you speak, the way you treat others, the way you treat your boss, the way you treat the janitor, that stuff is noticeable. And so that's what I've learned. And I want, you know, encourage everyone that that's the stuff that opens the doors to say, Hey, like, why does she like say hi to the janitor every morning? Like who who cares or whatever, but that's the stuff that opens the door. And, um, and, and you can have comfort and peace and knowing that, you know, all that you're doing is enough as long as it's, as long as it's kind of in the right frame of mind. And, um, and, and that can be empowering because it's like, I don't have to go out here and feed 5,000 people in the morning to feel good about my life. I just have to look someone in the eye and, and, and say good morning or um, smile at someone like that. That type of stuff has opened doors for me to speak into to some of my players or even different players of different sports. Um, it's opened up doors because of those little things. And um, I think sometimes that's what it's about. And that's what we have to remember. Yeah. Um, as Christians is how are we treating people who, who don't, don't have a certain title, you know, 
or whatever. How are, how am I treating the other players on the team when I see them in the hallway, you know, or something like that. So um, that's what it reminded me of, just the stories yeah. that are being shared. And it's, it's, um, it's just something to think about. No, that's so good because being a reflection of Jesus means operating within your assigned position in the way that he would operate within that position. And like across the board, he continually assigned value to those who culture did not. Yeah. You know, and you have the opportunity to do that where you are. I love what else you said about, um, you know, kind of just a mirroring what, what Ernie said, but we've created a culture that values influence I think more so than anything else like we figured out a way to monetize influence we we consistently harp on a platform you know um yeah and I I think that we've confused fame with influence you know that that if we have a larger platform or perhaps a larger audience that deems us influential in some way no that deems you famous you know, um, and I think that that's, we get that confused often. Um, and rather than valuing the, the number of people that have been brought into your sphere of influence or valuing influence over anything else, um, you know, to focus instead entirely with all that you have and with your entire being on those that God has entrusted you with, you know, and trusting that whether or not the stage is made bigger, like that you are going to be faithful exactly where you've been called. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so true. And, and brings to light one more thing. And of course, I know I've been talking a lot. I'll let other people talk, but um, it, the, the pathway that different people take to end up in the same place, that's not coincidental. And in, in my opinion, yeah. um, what, what's amazing is one of the, one of the girls that's on our team now, um, she's from England and a small, small, tiny town in, in England. And, um, I figured out through this and that and the other, um, there's connections to, to that area in England and to where my grandfather, um, who is English, um, never got the chance to meet him, but um, he was English and there's connections between that area and this area. And that was something that that, that player and I were able to connect on. But it's like from, you know, that just is so like. Yeah, he weaves the details of like, our stories together like so right. beautifully. It's, yeah. it's, it's That's pretty cool. cool so. <clears throat> we have anybody else? Um, yes, this is oh, Sasha. <laughs> um, from, like I said, I live in Maine, or coach in Maine. Um, been up here for three years. I'm from North Carolina, though. Big difference. Um, <laughs> so I kind of wanted, I really appreciate everybody's um, talking. I am new to the group. Um, everything that was said today, I felt like God has laid it on y'all's heart to literally just at me um, with everything. Um, so one thing that was mentioned by Emily when she was saying how just being where you're at and letting, um, just being who you are and wherever it is that you're at. Um, I'm someone who I am faithful, but the school or the community that I'm in is not as kind of like what Kendra was saying, not as um, strong on faith or um, church. That's not a big thing. Um, so I kind of knew that going in, but I did not want to like defer from who I was and stand strong in who I am. Um, and I didn't think anything about it. My first year, you know, little things, me praying over my food, me praying huddles, me little things. Um, 
And at the end of the season, we had our end of year banquet and my, one of the players came up and she was like, Hey, can you pray for all of us? She was like, you're always praying over your food and stuff. And we had gone through something as a team. Um, she was like, is it okay if you could open it up and just pray for all of us out loud? And I was like, yeah, sure. Of course. Like no problem. Um, and you know, and she was like, I, I don't really have a relationship and I don't really know much about it. She was like, but you just seem to be so happy all the time and you seem to be strong in your faith. And, you know, no matter what's going on, I always see you either praying or, or, you know, encouraging us in your own way. She was like, and I really, really appreciate it. And so I thought I was going a whole year kind of behind, not really, um, being a shining light as I thought I probably could have been. Um, but at least my light was shining a little bit on, on our players. And over the years, it's definitely, um, it's definitely, um, grown with our players. They've definitely have come to me wanting to know more or, you know, just any questions that I may be able to answer. I don't know everything. I'm in the learning process as well, but, um, I at least wanted them to know the door is open. And so for me, I feel like the verse that keeps, um, has been on my like path here. My journey here in Maine is Isaiah 40, 31, which is mm-hmm. the, um, but those who trust in the Lord will gain new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow re- weary um, and they will walk and not faint. And I think that is something that we all can hold on to as we, we go day by day, especially in these unpre- unprecedented times um, and really trying to be there for our players in whatever capacity that is, be there for our staffs, um, be there for current players, recruiters, um, just really try to remember that even if you don't feel like you're doing much, you are touching somebody's lives. So just try to be the best that you can be. And like, it can take a really long time, you know, like it can take not just like weeks or months of being faithful in the position you've been called to. Like it can be years before you start to see the fruit of what you're continually investing, it may not be on this side of eternity that you see the fruit of what you've invested, you know, and, and yet that doesn't negate our call to continually be faithful, you know, in, in these positions and these, these circumstances. Okay. I was waiting. <laughs> um, I'm going to just kind of say this and then I'll let you, Kristen, um, you know, give us some final nuggets that you may want to, and we'll close out if uh, everyone said, but the biggest things that I pulled from you, um, just in our recap is for such a time as this, Mm -hmm. for such a time as this. And, you know, a lot of times I get, you know, a little frustrated in my position and, you know, with my young ladies, such a time like this is very hard for them. Um, But then I wonder if I wasn't in this position where God placed me, I truly don't believe that they would be taken care of. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then I place, I place down what you said, even if you're not chosen by people, you can be chosen by God. Yeah. How true is that always? Because we seek and we try to hope for validation. And some people will look, well, who died and made you queen? Oh, I get what you said. Right. But if God chose you, that's it. You don't need validation. And if he placed you in that position, he's going to give you everything you need and equip you with what you need to carry out the role. And the last thing I put down is based off you kept saying in unprecedented times. And I said, these times may be unprecedented, but they're not unplanned. Yeah, that's good. Wow. God knows exactly what he's doing. And so based off Coach Connolly, what you said, 
um, the biggest thing that came to me, Coach <clears throat> Kristen, most people ask me over and over, well, Coach, how do you reach out and figure out who you want to ask to speak? What's up, little man? Y'all look I know. I just saw little Simmons <laughs> in there. That's cute. <laughs> But I, I said, no, they're, they're not quoting Bible verses. No, they're not out here. Do, it's in their walk. And just like Matthew 5 and 16, I put in the chat, says, let your light so shine so that mm -hmm. may see your good works and glorify God in heaven. So anytime somebody says, oh, Chelsea, I love da-da-da-da, to God be the glory. I'm glad you saw the light, but to yeah. God be the glory. And so that's why the Kristen Letlows, that's why the Coach Simmons and the Coach Kearns, the Coach Harrisons, everybody that's on here that's been vital and what we're doing that's why and you know i reached out to coach may and he talked about connections the other day just talking about a kid and the very next day here she is and i actually told her only minutes before <laughs> and she hopped on for such a time as this so i thank you so much Kristen, just for an amazing word and no it wasn't plastered all over your social media or plastered <laughs> on nba tv it's in your walk and it always has thank been. you and yes. so just like everybody else i, I pray the, the prayer of Jabez over every oh, I love that yeah over every position that's in here and, and on this call because for such a time as this we all have been called um and, and and that's my review so Kristen I'm gonna let you you know say some final words and we'll go ahead and get out of here for today yeah totally no thank you again guys for just like welcoming me here um I I think I recognize like <laughs> I think I was kind of wrecked with humility when I kind of logged on and, and saw you guys introducing yourselves thinking you have years more of experience influencing those within the sports industry than I do. I mean, and what you're doing, what you've taken on is no small task. Uh, I guess the final <clears throat> kind of thing that I'll leave you with something that really changed the way that I approach my job um, when I actually embraced it, not just heard it out loud or, or, or recognized it intellectually, but actually took it to heart, um, is that God's yes is the only yes I need spoken over my life. Um, it's the same for each of you. You're in very um, highly criticized positions. You, like me, are in a position where you are deemed valuable or not based on wins and losses. Um, you know, I'm not winning and losing games anymore, but there are seasons of life that I'm deemed more popular and likable and then seasons of life where I'm not. Um, and letting the criticism get to your heart or the praise get to your head can be so easy on either side of it um, to be just swept up in. But God's yes is the only yes you need spoken of in your life. Wins or losses aside, um, he has spoken yes over your life in this position, in these days, for this very time. And that is the only yes that you have to hang on to. Super awesome. Um, well, if you don't mind, Coach Crown, I'm going to put you on blast because you didn't respond to my message earlier. So I'm going to put you on blast since you came for me yesterday. And I'm going to ask if you don't mind if you could close us out, you know, with a prayer for all of us um, and then a special prayer that like we talked about earlier, even though you didn't see my message. Thank you. See your message. Chelsea, let me tell you something. I might be a Christian, but I will lay them hands on you. Do you understand? <laughs> all right, guys, all heads bowed. This is my lovely seven-year-old dipping his head in. All right, Father God, we just want to thank you in advance for getting us up this morning. We want to thank you so much for the prayers and positivities that you have brought to us in abundance and in overflow. 
We want to thank you so much for just fellowshipping. And we want to thank you simply for getting up this morning, continuously covering us in your blood, allowing our families to be safe, allowing the people within the sound of our voices to be safe, Father God, allowing us to pour into somebody who wasn't getting up today, somebody who didn't have the faith, doesn't have the courage, won't go out on a limb, Father God. We just want to thank you for giving us the strength and living through us so that we can preach your word and give your message. There are coaches out there that are in need right now, Father God. There are family members that have been lost. We ask that you pray over our coaching family, our professional friends, our professional family, and whatever you have deemed for our lives, Father God, we will trust you. We will follow in your footsteps. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Chelsea, song time. Oh, I think she's muted. I think she's Chelsea, you're muted. Uh, Coach Pern, I just need go. to let you know that Chelsea does have backup on here if you want to lay hands. <laughs> let, listen. <laughs> no, Kristen, they were coming at me because they keep trying to make me sing, and I told them oh. that I will when I move. No, not all, Kristen. I understand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. I thank you so much. I mean, for such a time as this, you gave a, a, a untimely and, and, and timely and all wrapped in the one word that we all needed to hear. I thank every coach for being on here today because it made it what it was. Um, and just, you know, stay tuned. We have an amazing lineup coming tomorrow and all next week is already booked up, guys. So God is moving. Um, less of me, all of him. Um, none so of good. Him. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on this call. So good. Thank you guys for being a part of it. So Y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thanks. Thanks. Thank I, uh, I have a quick question for Kristen.